Hello, my name's James Pikeway. Welcome to Potaholics, and this is Catching Up. On this episode, I'm catching up with someone who I started doing radio and actually who mentored me right from the very beginning, the one and only Mr. Jeff Price. There we go. Hey. How simple is that? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, you know, and it, it is true, Jeff. I, I, I remember going back when we first started doing a show together over on Radio 2, and yeah. that it all happened. Schroeder Evans left. I was yes. coming in once a week and doing a volunteer gig, and we would sit back and right in front of that desk, and you'd run the desk, and we'd talk about news. And you never wanted to know what we were going to talk about. So I'd give you a kind of a list. And then we had funny news. We had serious news that we delivered the funny side of. And yep. the, 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 the love was always waiting to see your reaction. <laughs> <laughs> love it. But I, I remember, I, and I know we've had this discussion before when we've, we've talked on Dubai Eye and actually, you know, that, that things progressed and I ended up going there and then you replaced me on a summer and, and stuff and worked. Yep. But I, I remember, I still- We were a bit like a tag team. We were. At one which, point. <laughs> but I remember to this day, I remember, and you, you know, this was, this is the thing because, you know, and you, you, were, you started here in what, 1997 at Radio four. And I, I remember sitting across from you in API tower and we've just finished the show and you kind of looked at me and said, James, so what's your goal? Like, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to, I want to be on the other side of the desk. And he says, I can see that happening. And we didn't know how, we didn't know where, but every time you and I've interacted, you've always been the guy who's been, it's not about you. It says, I'm going to help you get to where you want to go. And I got to say today I'm podcasting, you know, and I'm doing exactly what I want to do. I'm sitting on the other side of the mic. It's fantastic. (laughs) It's great to see. It's great to hear. And it's just awesome. Really. Congrats, man. I mean, you, you've, you've had, I want, I want to talk about radio. I want to talk about health. I want to talk about all these things. Cause you, you've got, you know, your finger on all of these things and, and, and entrepreneurship, you, you know, you started a radio station here in the UAE and you're constantly working on media things and, and riding the roller coaster of life, which you never know where it's going to hit. But I thought, you know, back right up to, to coming to the Emirates in 97 as, yeah. or yeah, I mean, that, those were crazy days. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you how that happened. So I actually came to the UAE in around late 95. I came on a three month contract as an entertainment guy in a hotel um, with a, with a, an international agency. That contract got extended for another three months. Uh At the end of it, I said to the people, I said to the team, I'm going to come back in about a year's time. We're going to open a radio station. Did they laugh at you? And Little did I know that almost exactly a year to the day, that's exactly what happened. (laughs) Incredible. And what a journey. I mean, 1997, um, a group of, I guess, young, kind of naive, um, thrill seekers, if you like, risk takers. Um, but we were in it for the long haul and, and, and we all had a vision. We all had a, we all were all on the same page and this radio thing just kind of exploded. It was amazing. It was hard work, uh, but it was a lot of fun too. (laughs) (laughs) It, 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 It was a game changer. It really was a game changer for that part of the world. 
And um, as a result of that radio station, a whole bunch of others opened up. That was the beginning of the, the commercial radio industry as we know it today in, 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 in that part of the world yeah. and the region. And it's spreading as well, even in these times, you know, yeah, tough times. But um, yeah, it was incredible. I, I almost look at it and I've, I've been talking to a lot of people about this when we, when you look back at 97 and, and, and the, and the years that, you know, the few years in, in around there when that, that whole radio station was building, you know, I talked to Digby Taylor, I've been talking to, to Emma Brain and, and folks like that. And they're all sharing these great stories, but it's, yeah. it's, we're, we're at a time right now. And I, and this is really, it's a really weird time to be in radio, right? COVID-19, especially in this market. And you must be looking at this going, wow, what a, what a wild, scary and exciting time because it's almost like brand new era again, because so many people, so many radio stations here are built around the morning drive and the evening drive. Well, there's no one going to school. So there's no morning drive. And there's few, you know, people are coming home, but there's not the same group of people again in the car. Maybe, maybe drive at night is a bit better, but drive in the morning's horrific. And and if people aren't in their cars, especially in this area, they're not listening to the radio. So suddenly rapid reinvention has to take place. And some, some, some radio stations are doing it. You know, iHeart has closed down for the moment. They don't have any presenters. The, the ARN group is, 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 you know, trundling along, but everyone's looking at the bottom line, the market. So it's, it's almost gone this big shift. As you remember, great content, great people, yeah. the marketing will follow. And then somewhere along the line, it shifted to great marketing and we can make programs work. And now the marketing guys are scratching their heads and it's come back to, we need to have great programming. For the longest time, um, the commercial radio market in, in the UAE was all about the advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It wasn't so much about the content. So advertisers would create the content for Mm. those sitting in the chair. And um, it was a relatively easy job actually, because a presenter didn't really have to do much thinking. Um, I know that might sound shocking, but that's the way it was. (laughs) then we came up with the the kids radio, which oh man, kind of really flipped it on its head. Yeah, this is Pearl over at Al Jalila. That's right. Yeah. In in every respect, um, we wanted to focus on we we wanted to focus on children. But we wanted also to focus on the family and and parents. We also wanted to support local business, small yeah. business, and to to get the message out there that radio is not about huge, big bucks all the time. And in fact, if you go for small amounts, you find yourself growing. Yeah. And, you know, there's no need to be greedy. (laughs) Um, How do we get the marketing people to listen to that, Jeff? This, This to me becomes that big thing. As soon as you, I mean, what you're saying is so spot on and so intuitive, yet the marketing folks are all thinking, I want the whole pie. I don't just want my quarter of the pie. Yeah, yeah. You know, time and time again, we see it. And um, it's really refreshing when you see uh, new approaches. One one interesting thing <laughs> I'm going to tell you, I, um, I've just been reading a book about uh, of Bear Grylls. Okay. Um, who I'm a big fan of. And when he started out um, on an expedition to Mount Everest, he had to raise 250,000 pounds, wow. which is a lot of thousands, hundreds of thousands of dirhams. 
he thought he could do it in one hit. <laughs> yeah. But a friend of his sat him down one day and said, why don't you go for small 15,000 chunks? And anyway, he went for that. And sure enough, he got the amount and then some. Yeah. And there's proof that if you, you break it down, you don't go for the big I am and the yeah. big amount. You could be more successful. Yeah. You, you know, the other side of it, when, I, when I'm looking at this, and, and Pearl was a great example because you guys, when you set Pearl up, you used, uh, you know, some, some Clyde equipment. You I mean, you guys had a really nice setup in there affordable yep. affordable and when yes. you look at at some of the desks and things that are used in a lot of of radio stations that have been around for a long time you know studer desks are yep. overkill like you you don't need yeah. it and and yeah. it's and it's it's funny because you know following your model at pearl we we talked for a long time at zide university about setting up a radio station and literally using the kind of equipment Pearl had, even in, in one case using, so you guys had a nice base, a base set up in a, in a studio and, and a couple of studios yeah. and yeah. they, they, the same equipment can also be put on a rolling model so you could roll it around. That's right. And, yeah. and so I wanted them to get these for the university and get some rolling models so that we could roll them into classrooms. We could use them to, to teach audio and then roll it back into a studio and do, do some stuff. Yeah. So yeah, in it, it never happened over over three years, you know, budgets and this and that and, and things didn't happen. And and you know how it is, you sit you sit back and you kind of scratch your head yeah. and you, and in the meantime, the folks over at Road, Road Mics, they came up with a mixer called the Roadcaster. And the Roadcaster is a complete radio station, exactly like the Clyde stuff, in, in a, a box. In a box. Yeah. And you take yeah. it out of the box. You, I mean, I'm in fact, I'm using the Roadcaster now. That's how we got the jingles on it. It's all on the, it looks like a radio station. You can, you can multi-track it out to your software. You can record it onto a, a memory stick. It's got all the, all the bells and whistles built into the board. Comes out of the box, perfectly working. You pull it, it, it asks you what kind of mic you're using. You tell it, it configures four mics. It's got headphone jacks coming out with the sound. It's a radio station for, you know, in, in Durham terms, it, it, it's coming in at about 3,000 dirhams. On the high side, you can get it for a lot cheaper. But if you say you're coming in that, in, in pounds, that's dirt cheap. I mean, yeah. in, in dollars, that's under $1,000. You got yourself a working radio station that you can it's output to anything. And I'm going, right. you know, it's it's like, what chance does a radio... And, and the, the challenge with radio today is, as you know, and I think Pearl, I mean, man, just what a great concept, is if you want to go online... If you're thinking, okay, I want to broadcast on air, and, and, and on air is great, uh, in a, in an era where you can get data for next to nothing, yeah. if you're in yeah, a country yeah. where that's possible, and yeah. why not stream it? Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And you know what? You, you hit the nail on the head earlier on when you said about reinvention. Um, what, what's going on right now? As tough as it has been, and it is, it continues oh, to man. be incredibly challenging. It can also be a tremendous opportunity yeah. if you have the right mindset. Yeah. And um, I can't believe yeah. I'm saying that because <laughs> <laughs> things have been so incredibly difficult. Yet I've really found that this is, uh, and just by observing what's been going on, how yeah. some people have, have responded to it, how technology, you know, has really played a, a, a key role in this, in keeping us connected. Yeah. And I think that's a big 
that's probably my biggest takeaway of this period in our history, staying connected. Yeah. And what better way to do it than through this medium, through radio, through online, through streaming, uh, through podcasting. It's, it's so important, uh, yeah. you know, to have that stream of information and connectivity. Um, you know what I've noticed, and this is this is sort of a linchpin, and it goes back to '97 and Channel Four and and building it through. Is you could have all the best equipment, you could have the best playlist, if you don't have the right people, it's never going to work. And, Absolutely. And 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 I, it's funny because I was watching some uh, news programs and some radio programs that I listened to, and and they put up some of their content online visually. In a lot of, and in one particular case, they're working from home and I'm watching it and I'm listening to it and I'm going, I don't, I don't like this anymore. Like, and it wasn't that I didn't like what I was seeing. I realized how much effort must go into making that show. The people who are doing it, they're talented, but they're not really that talented. And it takes a lot of polish to give them that, that down homes, home, homey feeling and homey sound and a lot of prep that clearly they're not doing because it just, I just went, man, this is not what I want to listen to yet. I've, I've found other programming that I'm tuning into and it's honest and it's, you know, you feel like you're sitting there with the folks. And I think that's, that's the real big thing is if you don't have the talent, you you don't have anything. You know, a lot of this, uh, uh, my journey of of radio over the years, some of the best people I work with are people who just have raw talent. Yeah. And it could be a talent that you don't necessarily see straight away, um, but also have a passion for it too. Mm. They say that it's in your blood. <laughs> and that's, <laughs> that's really very true. Um, one individual that I work with at, the, uh, at Pearl, uh, was a character, she had no experience of radio whatsoever. And as part of a process of getting to know people, I, I asked to record a, a minute's worth of a voice yeah. to tell me who you are, what you do, and why would working at a children's radio station be so exciting? This person decided to sing Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star <laughs> and forgot the words to this nursery rhyme that many children, millions of kids around the world grew up with. But she stopped herself, took a breath, and carried on. And the way that she did it, the way that she had the guts to continue, and and her voice was such a good match to the children. I could see see it and I could Mm. hear it. So we took a big risk. We We invested a lot of time in training. But it was it was magical, yeah. really, and like with you, James. I mean, when you walked in that room, you were you were like a force to be reckoned with. You had this energy and this passion and this drive, and I'd seen that in some of the people that um, in the team of Channel Four and the original team, all driven, yeah. all passionate, all working hard. And having a lot of fun along the way. <laughs> and your smile, your crazy shirts, that hair. It was just a recipe for yes. I, I, you know, and, I, I, um, I think you're right. I think it's just finding that drive. And, and why do we do this, right? You're an entertainer at the end of the day. It's just fun to connect with people. Well, it, it, it's also, I mean, 
the position that I was in. When, you you did all the positions. You went from the voice to the running to the training to. But the big part of what I do is is encouraging talent yeah. and finding that talent. And um, there's nothing better than seeing somebody succeed and doing well and progressing and doing something that they love. And um, that's something that's been really rewarding for me. And um, yeah, I've I've really. I've really enjoyed that element of it, no matter who it is, no matter where it is. Um, I, I've, I've always enjoyed that. One of, one of the, the characters that you and I share in common, and this is hilarious because we, I only discovered this maybe years after we started talking is a, is a character and there's no other way to describe him than a character. And that's Mr. David Walker, who, wow. <laughs> You know, wow. Dave Walker today is a force to be reckoned with in the tourism industry. Now, tourism is kind of shut down, but I it'll come yeah. back. And Dave is, yeah. you know, David is a survivor. So, you know, we'll okay. see. And he's, he's he's niche. He's he's very much when it comes back, he's going to be right in the place to get people going to places yeah. they want to go. But you you met David Walker well before I met him. Is as a guy, I mean, he worked in so many different positions. I met, I ended up meeting him at Zide University. He hired me. He was he yes. was the HR guy who hired me at ZU. And you know, to, to to tell you what kind of a you know a crazy guy he was, he'd say, you know, I remember, you know, typical HR. Do you have any questions? You know, and I'm right. Do you have any questions? And I and I write back. It's it's you know spring, and I write back. Says, well, David, we're we're installing a fence. And, you know, we do get frost here. So do you have any, any information that you can share with me on how deep I need to put the post holes so that I can put the concrete in so they won't raise with the frost? Five minutes later, he responds with the correct answer. (laughs) 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 Guy sitting in Dubai from the UK, giving me advice on permafrost and post holes. So, but you, you met him in a whole different capacity. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) So as we were getting this thing together for channel four. Um, my, my surname, my family name is a long one. Yeah. And the group director sat me down and said, can we do something with your name? Cause we can't quite get a jingle package to work for you. <laughs> <laughs> so I sat with David and friends for, well, it, we had a lot of fun. <laughs> And thinking, a name, a name, a name. So we were for hours and hours and hours. This went into the early hours of the morning on the uh, Shakeside Road in the apartment. We're, what are we going to do? And um, the name Price just came up. And that was it. It worked. We started to play with it. We started to have some fun with it. We started to joke about it and took it to the radio guys, and they loved it. And so Jeff Price became my brand. It became my, my, my stage name. Uh, And David was, (laughs) (laughs) I owe him a check, maybe. (laughs) Or, no, maybe not. (laughs) (laughs) But you know what? I've always wanted to ask you this and I've never done this because, you know, it it was only down the road that I, that it, that it, I realized that price wasn't your last name. 
It, it yeah. I mean, it was years down there, much like with other people that I've worked with. And, and the, the funny one, and you and I both know him from ARN days, is Bluebird over on 91.1. Yes. Of course, his real name is not Bluebird, but to this day, I, I, you know, he did tell me once what his name was. I, yeah. I, I can't remember. I just call him Bluebird. But <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think we call him Dad these days. <laughs> but um, I, yeah, so um, it 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 was weird, but at the same time, it really, really worked, yeah. and it worked very fast, and we really kind of went for it, and. Um, so I have David to thank for that. And <laughs> David, I mean, David was always the life of the party. Now, years, years later, I actually had to uh, interview David on television. Wow. That's all right. I, for, I even forgot City 7. I mean, there were a yes. whole, whole bunch of time. Yeah. And it, he came for an interview to talk about HR at uh, Zayed University. And he was petrified. <laughs> and again, I've got a lot to thank him for, for that moment, because, I mean, he sat on the sofa for a pre-recorded television as live interview. Yeah. And it took us about 40 minutes to get him to calm down and settle his nerves. Cause he really doesn't like the, the cameras and yeah. the, the, the lights and stuff. And I said, David, it's Jeff. It's Jeff price. <laughs> I follow <Bartholomew>. you. <laughs> and so anyway, we managed to, to, to come down enough to do this, record this eight minute interview. Yeah. As, he, as we finished that, he walked to the exit. He turned to me and said, ah, oh, Jeff, did I tell you about the multi-million dollar investment <laughs> that we've just confirmed? And we just, I said, no, David, you completely missed it. And he walked out and he was like, but there was a perfect, perfect example of how people, um, if they're taken out of their comfort zone yeah, and how it also, if you can make if you make an assumption of somebody, it's so wrong to do that. Yeah. I'd always thought of him as the life of the party. And I thought he, he could, he would do it in his sleep on a, a TV interview. But that also was a moment where I embraced it and said, thank you to David. You've made me realize how important media training is. Oh man. Yeah. And that started a whole new thing for me, you know, and in an entrepreneurial sort of spirit. And I ended up working with governments and communication departments, training them in how to deal with media and how to speak publicly. It was, it, it, and again, it was David. Yeah. I, I want to jump back to the Jeff Price, Jeff Bartholomew for a second. Did you, when you took on your stage name, I mean, yeah. that became your name though, like in Dubai and in the Emirates, that yeah. was you, you weren't Jeff Bartholomew. I mean, it's your passport, it's on your yeah. license and all. Yeah, yeah. Was that ever a challenge to have? Did you ever feel like you're living a dual identity? It's, you know, it was always quite, it's always been quite nice actually to have <laughs> that public name yeah. and then have my family time. Right. Because back in those Channel 4 days, it was seven days a week. We were working really hard. Um, we were making appearances left and right. People were coming up to us in the streets. Then to be able to close the door and be the family unit, you know. Yeah. The other thing that was really prominent back then was this overwhelming feeling of being away from family and friends. Right. Everybody, the majority of people living in the UAE are away from their family their brothers and sisters, their mothers and fathers, uh, and friends that they may have grown up with as, as kids. 
there we are, this melting pot in the UAE of strangers. But the one thing that we all have in common is that fact. Mm. And I found that that was a, something that really helped to break the ice. And it was also a part of this Jeff Price, Jeff Bartholomew mm. thing yeah. that was weird. And do you know what? <laughs> I'm actually only just, in the, it's only in the last couple of years, through all of these challenges that I've had health-wise, that I've really started to think, what was I thinking going with Jeff Price? <laughs> Why did I? But you know what? It, it's worked. Yeah. And um, I'm really thankful for it. And uh, it was a little strange at times. Um. But the people who needed to know who I am or who who I was, <laughs> they knew. <laughs> you know, I've always thought in the all, all the times that when I started doing radio stuff that man, I should have had a stage name. You know, James Pikeaway is a, is, is a nice name, but I, I really James Pikeaway. <laughs> wow. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know the only one I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, I'm I'm just thinking of all the as you said. You know, g- going back to the the David scenario and the David situation where yeah. you get someone out of their comfort zone and. How many yeah. times did you get someone in? I mean, because, you know, you'd be playing music, you'd be talking and you'd get someone in. And the, the, the nature of the beast is that you get someone in for three or four or five minutes and they're going to tell you about yeah. what's going on. How many times do you remember getting someone into the studio and then they don't talk? <laughs> it's like wow. they're talking, talking, talking. The red light goes on and you say something to them and they say, yes, that's it. And it's like. <laughs> in my experience, it's the ones who try to break your door down to get in there to say, I need, I, I must, I, I've got so much to say. And then when the, mm. the red light goes yeah. on, the mic goes live, they freeze. <laughs> yes. And I had one, one particular occasion where this lady was bugging me for weeks to get on. I mean, just wow. So I said, okay, let's do this. She came into the studio, sat down, and I could see that she was beginning to sweat and shake. <laughs> she had a full-blown panic attack. Oh, no. But I said to her, right, I'm either going to be really nice and that's not going to help you much, or I'm going to throw you right in the fire. And this could be a defining moment for you, and it's up to you how you respond. It was so... It was, it was so extreme in that case that I felt I had to do it. Yeah. And she actually thanked me for telling her as, as it is. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, because that then, she was a lot quieter after that <laughs> <laughs> and apologized for bugging me so much. But I think she appreciated a lot more the kind of work that we do. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, you and I, we've, we've interviewed thousands of people over, over the years. And I don't know about you, but I always take notes of the people that I interview. And it's kind of become like a bit of like an encyclopedia or a Wikipedia, whatever you want to call it, yeah. a radio, radiopedia. I that sounds a bit rude. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you know, the, yeah, the- there, are cases, there are plenty of times where people just freeze. And so you have to... Yeah. Okay, well, let's move on. <laughs> if you're working in the music radio industry, oh, that can be a 
you know that that can be a shoulder that you can lean on okay so i've got a song that i can press play on at any given time um but if you're in a talk radio scenario where you're okay we're here to talk yeah but nothing to say <laughs> What are we going to do oh, for the next 45 minutes? You, and you and I worked the call-in circuit where you would have people calling and, 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 and if no one's calling, I don't yeah. know how, I don't know how many shows you did. I can, I can count those shows on my hands as well that I did where, you know, you, you throw in a question out there, you've got all your research done, you're looking at your stuff and you're talking to yourself and you're looking at the phone lines no one's calling. <laughs> it's like, yeah. I don't know how much longer I can talk. We only oh, got another <laughs> two hours. <laughs> I remember. So show viewpoint, um, points of view um, uh, on radio too. Um, we had a few shows like that at the beginning, but then that show really took mm. off. Mm. And it was because there were so many people who had something to say. Yeah. And it was a bit like driving a bus. You know, it, as a host of that show, I wasn't there to give an opinion. I was there just to encourage conversation. And what was, what was really nice about that, and that was the early days of talk, um, any kind of talk on the radio, because before then it was kind of like yeah. nobody had even thought of doing it. Um, <clears throat> what was nice about that was the variety of voices, the variety of you know, you could be talking to a taxi driver one second and then a, a member of the civil defense force yeah. and then somebody from a VIP office. And then, I mean, it, it, it was, it was remarkable. Yeah. And we actually got feedback from a VIP office to say how much they enjoyed listening to the variety of voice. Yeah. Yeah. And, and to, to hear that those voices were almost, painting the picture of how Dubai in those days was growing. Mm, mm, absolutely. And it would be fascinating to listen back to some of those and, and put pictures to it. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You, you know, one of the, one of the conscious decisions I made when I started doing radio was I kept copies of every show. So I have yes. thousands of hours of audio at this point that I haven't done anything with. And I, it's all here. And I keep thinking, you know, wow. I got a gold mine I'm sitting on here. And it, totally. it, it was actually really funny because at one point at one of the stations I was at, I was only at one station. So, <laughs> so <laughs> well, I, I mean, you know, I was a volunteer and then, and then went on as a freelancer, but, but the, yeah. they moved buildings and lost their archive of the program. And it was funny because they were talking about saying, oh, we lost the whole archive. And I said, I got the archive. I said, can we copy it? I said, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's all indexed. Wow. Here you go. And I gave them access to a folder. And I said, here is every show for the last eight years. And they just went, I can't believe you've got all that. I said, we don't even have all that. And, and you know, it was, it was I said, and, and, you know, it's organized by date. Here you go. Here's the shows. So, wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So I've often thought I got to go back and, and there's, there's just some gold in there. And, I, and, and like yourself, in, in the, the beauty of, of doing talk was, I remember one day, there, I remember I'm, two shows in particular. I remember one day I was talking about people growing up in the UAE. And just, and just having that talk. And this gentleman calls in and I didn't put two and two together because he didn't want to say his name. And, and I didn't ask his name, right? Because, and it's funny because people always say, why don't you ask people their names? And I said, honestly, it's because when they pronounce them, they say it so fast, I can never understand what they're saying. So I just never asked anymore. <laughs> 
and, priceless. And, and so this guy's talking and he's talking about growing up in, in Bur Dubai. And he's talking about, you know, pre-pavement, you know, the clock tower was there, but otherwise it was brasty huts and his family lived yeah. in one of the only brick buildings. And I'm going, so I'm, I'm kind of going, hold on a second. Who's, who am I talking to? And, and he's going, you know, and, and again, you know, we just had that conversation. He's just talking about the things he remembers. And, it, and you know, one of the things he remembered as a, as a boy was the cheese, the craft cheese or whatever it was that came in a tin yeah. <laughs> that he loved oh, wow. because because that was a, a specialty item because they didn't have a fridge and yep. you know and it was just like wow what a story and he's you know just remembering being a kid growing up on these sandy roads in dubai totally. and and the, the second one was was equally uh funny uh but i i think you must have a whole bunch of those stories as well just of of interesting people that you you ran into my goodness there's so many um, it's interesting when you, wow. it's, and it's funny cause when I put you on the spot like that, it's like, you're, you're, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, you just start thinking, Oh, I remember when I talked to, you know, one day I was dissing outsource zone, not in a bad way, but saying who needs an outsource zone anyway? Like what does the outsource zone do? And phone line rings. And, and this was in the era when I was working, no producer. And so if the phone rang, I, and I, and you know, you're only going to an ad every, you know, 12 minutes talk three minutes of ads if I was lucky. Well, I can't wait till the ad break. So I would just push live to air and pick up the phone and who says, Hey, it's uh, you know, it's, it's so-and-so from, I'm the uh, managing director of the outsource zone. I'm just driving home. I heard you talking about the outsource zone. What, what questions do you have? And it was like, I would never be able to get a hold of this guy. <laughs> and here it is nine o'clock at night. He's leaving the offices. Well, fire away. I'm ready to answer anything you've got. <laughs> there were some there were some really there's some funny ones there's some there's some ones that that, that, there's some that are really quite serious yeah yeah um i think one of the things that uh, over these certainly from a radio perspective the people that i got to know or they got to know me yeah (laughs) um it was kind of a one way you know i'd never met these people yet we would have a almost a daily conversation. Yeah. Um, I remember one time uh, when my car air conditioning packed up at this time of year, it was in the mid forties and um, very, very hot. And I, the, the AC packed up on my way to the radio show. Oh no. And um, so I took it to the shop. They, They said they fixed it and literally got to the exit of this particular workshop and of course it all packed up again. So I shared this very rarely would I do that kind of thing, but I thought, well, maybe other people are experiencing the same thing and being, as we're getting to the really hot time of year, air conditioning in your car is kind of absolute necessity. So the head of this particular brand of car was listening to the show. Oh no. And called me up and they said, I think you'll find there was an entire batch that had a faulty air conditioning and we're going to fix it. Thank you for bringing it up. (laughs) (laughs) So that helped a lot of people. Yeah. There was another case really quite serious. And um, this was a life-changing event for the person who called me. And it, it, he called me literally 10 minutes before the pro, the program was to begin on a Thursday morning. Mm. 
there'd been a very serious accident on the Shakeside Road. This was the time when there was no barriers across the okay. Shakeside Road. Yeah, before the expansion. This was a time where people would cr try crossing that road on foot. <sighs> yeah, I remember those. In this particular case, several people tried to cross that Shakeside Road on a Thursday morning, and this gentleman tried to swerve, but he hit one of them. Apparently, this was, this was a deliberate... Oh, no. Um, there's a, there's a whole stage where people too. would do that for blood money and stuff. Yeah. This guy's life finished on that day. Yeah. He went through a really difficult time. Uh, that's an understatement. Yeah. But what is remarkable from my point of view is that we've stayed in touch. Mm. We've stayed connected and we email each other once every in a blue moon. Yeah. You know, he had to leave and settle somewhere else in a different country. Strut has struggled a lot with health since then. But first, his first thought on that morning was to call the radio. Yeah. Rather than call anybody else. You know what I yeah. you know what I mean. I know what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Um I know that's a bit morbid, but it, it it really showed the the relationship that some people have with the radio. Yeah. And I think it kind of brings that right back to today. Yeah. How important the radio is. And it you know, a lot of people have said, Oh, radio is not gonna last. Uh, <laughs> it will. <laughs> and here's the proof. Well, and it's it's funny. There's been loads of other amazing characters along the way. We've had show business characters, oh, we've had all kinds of like all, all um, the time you used to spend at rugby sevens, the rugby sevens, you were with, a, you know, and again, you go, what a, what a cast and character of crew, you know, there. Yeah. <laughs> Funnily enough, I was just thinking about that very thing yesterday. Um, the, 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 the experience with the rugby sevens has been incredible. And we had a, a small, very dedicated, hardworking team, a bunch of guys who really knew their stuff and just got on and do, did the job. The job that we did in the overall scheme of that entire event, it was the one department where the organizers, the directors knew that those guys could be left to get on and do the job. Yeah. In several years ago, the chairman of the international rugby board <clears throat> came and stood with us at the beginning of this particular tournament of the sevens and said, right lads, I don't want any, I don't want any atmosphere. I don't want any music. I don't want any commentary. It's all about the game. <laughs> we stood there scratching our heads. Well, Dubai has just been voted number one for best entertainment value in the entire world. Imagine. Think you'll find that a lot of people have traveled from all over the world to be here for that very fact to enjoy the atmosphere. So we said to the chairman, um, let us just do what we do for a couple of hours. We'll reconvene at lunchtime and you can tell us what you think. Came back at lunchtime. He said, not many people say no to me, but I'm really glad you did. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> that was a tournament where the International Olympic Committee board were on site taking notes. They were literally with notebooks, mm. noting down what we do, how we say it, what music we were choosing. <clears throat> And that was, that was the decider for uh, Rugby Sevens then becoming an Olympic sport. Wow. 
And I remember listening to the BBC World Service in my car in Dubai on my way to uh, university to teach uh, the, the radio students. The announcement that, yes, Rugby Sevens, number one choice for the next Olympics. And it was all down to the experience in Dubai. And that was quite something to be, you know, a little pat on the back. (laughs) It was a lot of hard work, but so much fun. Uh, have your have your children? I mean, you've got a family. Have your children? You know, looking at you and your wives' careers. You're both in in media in different ways. Uh, have yep. have they looked at this and said, are, are they following in your footsteps, or are they boldly going in different directions? Well, my my daughter appeared on radio with me when she was five years old yeah. on Dubai Eye. She came and she made some comments about the climate and the world and how we're abusing it. And she was five years old. And the feedback from the audience then was, she's made more sense than anybody (laughs) we've heard this week. (laughs) And then obviously, as we were building Pearl FM, the the children's radio, she was very much involved in that. And um, then she went off to school in the UK, which was a very difficult thing for us. But an amazing opportunity. So yeah, she's really embraced that. And our son, wow, he, he loves the microphone. (laughs) I can't imagine where he gets it from. (laughs) And he loves the camera too. And also I've seen with him with distance learning in these last couple of months that the experience that he's had of coming into the radio studios and seeing what we do and listening to daddy on the radio and seeing daddy on the TV. He really likes that stuff. Okay. And he also loves talking to people. He's a very sociable person. So let's see, let's see. The one thing that I would say that since my son was three years old, he's really only seen his father unwell. Yeah. He's seen his father in a hospital environment. He's seen his father, you know, recovering from another operation and and he hasn't been kicking a football or, you know, yeah. playing cricket or whatever, whatever it is. So that's been challenging. But to see him thrive on this platform at just seven years old is incredible. <laughs> so I th- I've got a feeling that, Yes, there's going to, it's kind of going to run in the family. My daughter has also got involved in social science. And um, that's no surprise to me. She's got, both of them have got such good hearts. They love people. They love being with people. They love talking to people. So yeah, see where that goes. Jeff, I got to say that you, you look better than, than I've, you know, you, you look like the the same Jeff Price that I always remember. And I know you were talking about your health and, and you go where you want to go or don't, don't, you know, go where you don't, don't go where you don't want to go. But do you, do you want to share your, some of your journey with us? Because there's some great learning experiences here and, and things and, you know, what you've gone through and, and how it, it even got discovered all you know your your life changed in in the blink of an eye and but i've got to say in that whole over the years 
you look like the same Jeff Price right now. You're talking like the same Jeff Price I always remember. You've got a big smile on your face. We're on Zoom if you're listening. And you're the same Jeff Price. Like I I didn't know what to expect because I hadn't seen a picture of you in a long time. Well, you know, that was, I think that was one of the scariest things that because of the condition that I had and what I'd gone through back in 2016, it became obviously fairly public. Yeah. And the one thing that I was concerned of was the fact people maybe just write me off because this condition involves my brain. And you don't, you don't talk about your brain yeah. in the everyday conversation, which actually <laughs> I've begun to realize just how important the brain is. It's our computer. It's what makes us who we are. Um, so I've learned, I did a lot of self-discovery in that time. And I'm actually, I've actually been very grateful, although it's been incredibly difficult time of, of my, my life and my family's life, it's been a time of reflection. It's, it's put things into perspective. It's really given me a, a new lease of life and a, a new take on life, if you like. What you see today uh, in this Zoom call, you see my face and you can hear my voice. It's all been done by me. Yeah. I haven't had any kind of follow-up. I haven't had any kind of therapy. I haven't had any, which, and it, it's nothing short of a miracle, to be honest. And I, I know that might sound sort of big-headed, but when you tell the world you're about to have brain surgery for the third time, yeah. people like you, James, may have jumped to a conclusion, like, oh, well, that's Jeff done then. You know, and I think that's a really important part of what's next in this journey. To say to the world, hey, I'm here and there are so many you know, one of the one of the first things that happened to me when I when I was diagnosed with by the doctors, I had I walked into a room of six doctors in white coats. Oh man, that's a that's a <laughs> cracked a joke and I said the last time I was in a room like this was at school and the teachers were telling me some, I was trying to crack a joke. Yeah. It was obviously quite a serious situation. I'd had a scan that morning and was told to wait. I'd had a brain scan and I was told that the doctor wanted to see me immediately after the scan. Four hours later, I'm still waiting. It turns out that this doctor had called a conference of the head of brain surgery for the hospital a neurosurgeon, a couple of neurosurgeons, a neurologist, and the list goes on. And they had been having a conference about me for those several hours. And I thought, oh, here we go. Um, but my first thought, once they sat me down and told me what was going on, was how can I help other people? How can I make them aware? How can I reach out to a family who may have had a family member who's been affected by a brain injury? Yeah. Those are my initial thoughts. How can That's I talk amazing. about this on the radio? That's amazing. What can, you know, yeah. what, how, can we, how can we get things set up to, to help people? Um, it's been a long journey. <laughs> um, <clears throat> the last person I was with was a VIP um, just bef- an hour before my diagnosis. Um, and then life just took a real sharp turn. And we got into survival mode, quite literally. And it became a uh, sort of a life or death situation fairly rapidly. Yeah. Um, what, what, what more can I say other than... Um, 
I think it's uh, when I when I think of the story and and how it's progressed through 2016 till today. You're you're back in the UK. Your sister comes yep. to mind. You know, never. You know, she was there constantly lobbying for you. I mean, of course, your totally. wife, your wife never left your side, and your yep. kids, your whole yep. family was there. But I, for some reason. Yep. Your, your sister, who I've never met, but I, I don't know how I followed through on things that she's been publishing, you know, on LinkedIn and on other formats. It's, it, you know, she's one of these people I've, I've kind of put down in the bucket list of people I have to meet someday who won't you know, absolutely. she wouldn't know yeah, me from, must. she won't know me from someone on the street, but I've, I've put her name in that, on that list saying, I don't know when, I don't know how, I don't know where, but I really just want to meet this woman and, and say thank you and hello. Uh, you know, I owe her everything. And um, my other sister, Naomi, as well, they, they pulled together. Emma is a real powerhouse. She's gone through some tremendous health challenges herself. Um, but what she did in pulling people together in such a sh short space of time and the response from yeah. people around the world was incredible. She made that happen and she was so driven and so she's got a real passion for radio as well. <laughs> and um, she's actually contributing to Soho Radio in London. Oh, fantastic. And, yeah. So, uh, and she's also involved now in a charity to do with music and peace in wartime. And, wow. uh, it, it, quite amazing. She works in the music industry. She's worked with some incredible people. She's about to interview Beyonce's father. Uh, you have to talk to her. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. She, uh, uh, it was incredibly overwhelming at that yeah. time. I was physically really qu quite poorly and um, I really had to focus on the, the minute, you know, on mm. the here and the right now. And if I thought too much about what else was going on, the doctors had actually told me that the physical process of thinking at the point of, at the moment of diagnosis, the physical process of thinking could have killed me Wow! because wow. of the impact on my brain of yeah. what was going on. And uh, so of course, what is the first thing you do go, Oh, I better not think about that. Oh, I'm thinking. <laughs> They also told me, they also told me not to read too much, but I, I, yeah. I had to, I had to do some reading. I had to do some learning because it turned out that this thing was really quite rare for someone of my age mm. and it came out of nowhere. Um, and I think that's what made Emma so much more determined to get the job done. Yeah. There were some things going on behind the scenes that made it very, very challenging. And, um, medical insurance. Oh, this was at a time when everybody in the UAE was supposed to have medical insurance provided and medical insurance was apparently going to cover all pre-existing conditions. And not in my case. Oh, man. And it turned me down flat. And when you're told by a doctor that the physical process of thinking could kill you and this, we thought you, you know, the, the brain scan shows this and you have to have a surgery. Otherwise you may not see the end of 2016, but the medical insurance says no and leaves you out on the street. Yeah. That made my sister 
that 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 motivated her mm. to get on and do something. Yeah. And I owe her I owe her my life. I mean, wow. It's um she's an incredible incredible woman. She's a real powerhouse. And uh, I love it a bit. <laughs> that, that whole advice, you know, we, we hear it all the time, right? That live in the moment, think now, yesterday is yesterday, the future you don't know, all you can control is what's going on right now. And in your case, it, you know, it's, it's such sage advice. For you, it's life-saving advice, but also what it, it really is an important way. We, we spend so much time overthinking things. It's like, what can I do with it right now? How's this going to impact in the next minute? And let's work for the moment. It, it, you know, that's the bit that I'm most grateful for. You know, there I was lying on my bed in my home in Jebel Ali um, with a window open, listening to the birds singing and everything suddenly just changed. Everything, you know, the shirt that I'm wearing, this could be it. Yeah. That's how I, that's how I could go out. And um, it, it just makes you appreciate things it makes you appreciate life it makes you appreciate people um what i took away from that time as well is the love that people showed my family and i yeah. it was incredible and it also was a reminder that things can happen in life mm. and it's it's how you react to it that will determine the outcome yeah the relationships that you have with people. Um, I ha I didn't realize just how many people you and I have impacted over the years yeah. in the programs that we've presented, the people we've talked to and the people we've helped along the way. And it all came out on in, in 2016 as one big thank you. And that was very special. So what's the prognosis now, Jeff? You know, prying a little bit here, being the the nosy Parker. What what are what are the doctors saying now? You've you've had more scans. You're you're back in the UK. You you're able to to tap into the NHS. Okay, so it, I had to um, fly here just a couple of days before the world lockdown. <laughs> that was scary. And I thought, okay, maybe I'm not going to be able to get to the hospital, but the doctors here have taken this very seriously and put me on a high priority list. Okay. And I've had a bunch of tests already done, scans. And um, it's been incredible. So the prognosis is good. There's a talk now of forming a plan. All right. Which is music to my ears. <laughs> yeah, plan is a good thing. Yeah. And I'm being... Uh, seen by some of the best doctors in the country. That's fantastic. Which is just remarkable. Which is just great news. Yeah. Uh, it, it, this is so you're you're back in the UK. This has got to be uh, you know on on one hand this is awesome. You know you, you know the Jeff Bartholomew is is you know he's here and you've got so much to share and and life goes on which is great. But you're so far away from your your wife and your your kids. How do you how, what's how, how do you deal with that? What you know how have you, how are you bringing all your experience together to make that work? What's you your know, what's your strategy? Faith has got a lot to do with it. Mm. Um, it really has. Um, there are times when I've asked myself, "How on earth are we still standing?" Yeah. Um, but then I've 
you know, you realize that there are so many people that are being affected by this around the world. Um, and I'm still very much connected <laughs> with Dubai. I'm still dealing with people in Dubai on a daily basis. Um, and those people are around my family, my wife and my son. Um, and I'm still contributing to help other people as well. Yeah. Amazingly, um, there was a, a community radio station being set up in my hometown. And I was asked if I would like to contribute to that. And Beautiful. I said, Absolutely. <laughs> so that's given my family in Dubai something to listen to because it's streamed, uh, you know, online. Yeah, yeah. And thank goodness for this technology, for Zoom. Um, you know, video conferencing, video calls have been such a challenge for people living in the UAE for so many years. Mm. And we're really so grateful for, for, for this technology. And to feel like you're in the same room as your family, even yeah. though you're thousands of miles or kilometers apart, is really special. Um, we're obviously monitoring, I, well, I am. I'm monitoring the situation, and I've, I've seen that just yesterday, residents or uh, people who were resident in the UAE, whose visas have expired but have family in the UAE, they can now apply to return if need be. So that yeah. we're kind of just keeping yeah. all options open. And I think that's really important here. Keep a really open mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, don't say no to, <laughs> well, yeah, just, 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 just keep an open mind. Just, just do stuff, you know, <laughs> and just do stuff. You know, what, what I found fascinating, um, in this experience as well is that jobs that were considered kind of like a humdrum and, way down the chain have suddenly become the most essential jobs yeah. and the most respected jobs. Yeah. Those in the front line in the, in the, in the health service, you know, I, I for one, well, I, I have always admired any nurse, doctor, whoever it is in a hospital, I would give them all the time in the world, always give them the support because they, they take such risks, yeah. but they care for people in such a genuine way. Yeah. Delivery drivers. Oh man, for sure. Wow. <laughs> you know, yeah. they are the the artery of life right now. <laughs> you, you know which one is has just really clued in on me recently, and and I never gave this a second thought. Is in the UK, in Canada, even here in the UAE, but it, UK and Canada, it, it's probably even more emphasized. Who's picking the lettuce, the cucumbers, the tomatoes? There are laborers who do that job. And all I keep hearing is that we don't have enough of these guys doing it. We need your help because if we don't get these things picked, it doesn't get to your table. I'm going, that's a really important job that never came to my mind. So guess who applied for that job? (laughs) (laughs) So I've, I've contacted these pickers. And I actually got a call whilst I was in a Zoom meeting for one of these companies to say, hey, are you still interested? Can you come do it? What's happened most recently is uh, there are obviously some people have been furloughed. Mm -hmm. So they're not working, but they're still being paid. What they have done is they've they've responded to the call to go pick. Also with the travel restrictions between Europe and, 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 well, the entire world, 
that has also kind of encouraged people to get involved. The response that I've had from the picking companies is they've been overwhelmed. They've been inundated uh, by people. And this is, this is interesting because the media spins it slightly differently saying there isn't ever enough. You know, we're in a real mess. Yeah. But the response that I've had is, Hey, the, we've had a really healthy response. People are, are jumping at the opportunity now. You yeah. know, there are some. There was an elder couple I saw yesterday. Both both of them have been made redundant. They both went picking fruits and vegetables, and it saved them. Yeah, yeah. Gave them enough money to live in the week, and it's given them enough of an opportunity to say, "Well, okay, we'll do this for a certain number of months, and then we're going to go on and do something else." Yeah, absolutely. It is what it is. You and, know, um, yeah. yeah, you got to embrace it, the moment, right? And then it's totally. <laughs> if you don't, I mean, now here's the thing. One of my one of our good friends in radio, um, he left the UAE a couple of months ago, having lost his job. Hmm. And within two weeks of being in the UK, he started a job as a delivery driver. There we go. I, I know this man. I saw that on the, on the on Instagram the other day, and I went, "Really? <laughs> awesome!" Now this guy has been a a, a player in radio for yeah. thirty years. Yeah, I have a huge amount of respect for him. Yeah, he came to visit me in the hospital in Dubai just before I left. Um, he just literally flown in from from Thailand, came to the hospital to meet me on his way then to the UK. He's really enjoyed the experience uh, in terms of training yeah. and finding out about that company he's working for and, and the length they're going to. He's found the process. He's fi- finding the job actually quite lonely mm, mm. and he can't listen to radio because <laughs> yeah, you don't want to get killed on a bicycle for the last 30 years. And he doesn't want to hear about this virus anymore because yeah, yeah. in this country, it's just every minute of every day. You're just constantly being bombarded by this thing. So, but he's helping people and, you know, he's, he's helping an old lady who's written a hand, a handwritten shopping list. There we go. And it makes her day, (laughs) you know, and he's, there's an example of how you can go from a moment of despair to a moment of contribution and, and doing something worthwhile. Yeah. You, you know, awesome. you know, what we did yesterday that you're going to love this one is, uh, so we've been trying to get some, some cloth masks and you know, it's uh, good luck. I mean, you can, you, they, they sell them all over, right? And you, you not, not the, not the ones that are the surgical mask, but these are just yeah. a face cover. And so we got spurred on by my, my wife had bought a recycled upused bag that literally is made from completely recycled stuff that some, some ladies make in North America. And, and so, you know, we'd met them at one year and, and so she bought one and, and got it shipped in and it, you know, I think the postage probably cost more than the bag, but inside <laughs> the box was a handmade mask, like, because they already do sewing stuff. So they put some batik material on it. It's got a cotton liner and you wash it and at least it does the trick. And my wife and I are looking at this. My wife's looking at it going, you know what? I can make one of these. Like she's looking at how they did it. And she literally took out a pie plate, cut some material in the position, cut it in half, sew the two pieces together as the directions would have it. She's looking at it, put some elastic in, 12 minutes, hand stitched, didn't even use a sewing machine, hand stitched it and had had a face mask. And we kind of went, 
wow, this is kind of fun. And she, and then the, then the thing became, we got to find more material. We're going through the cupboards. We're looking at old shirts. We're going, we can, we can just make masks. This we could, we could have a dozen masks. A few old shirts. <laughs> yeah. Now. Yeah. Well, that's what we found. It's like, <laughs> some of you are loud Hawaiian. Oh man. They would go down great as masks. <laughs> so there's a great, there's a great example of how to, right? Yeah. Just, just well, do it. I just thought it was pretty, pretty awesome that these ladies just, you know, you, you buy a purse and they threw in a mask. They said, here you go. Here's a mask. Yeah. There's, and it was funny because my wife was looking at it. She goes, you know, there's another company that we know that, and they're a great company. They make masks. They're about 20 bucks each, you know, out of the U S 20 American dollars each. They're beautiful though. Don't get me wrong. And my wife's kind of going, you know, I mean, you know, I, I really love the fact that I could buy one, but these ladies produce the same kind of mask and they just threw it in. And she said, what wow. a business, what a business model, you know, just right. And, and I looked at her and said, I'll buy, I'll buy anything from these people just because that's the way they yeah. think, you know, and, yeah, and it's, sure. it's just kind of neat. So uh, we've seen some really great examples of that kind of thing. And, you know, out yeah. of every bad, there's always good. Yeah. And, um, I'm seeing a lot more good coming out than, than the bad stuff, yeah. which is great. What a great example. Brilliant. When are you going to write your story, Jeff? The, 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 the memoirs part one of, of Jeff. Bartholomew Price. When when is you that? You know, that's the thing that I'm really keen to do now. Yeah. I really, really want to. I just don't know where to begin. Yeah, and I kind of need some help. I, um, I think you know. I think it's just like you're you're talking about radio and talking about talent. I think you you'll find a starting point. Just pick a point. Pick any point and say I'm going to start yeah. here. And you can do the before later. You can do yeah. the the after later. But just pick that one. You know. You know. I'll I'll tell you where the starting point seems to be for me. 1997. Yeah, that's, I think, you're right. I think, you know, volume one is 1997 till, you know, 2003 or whatever, yeah. you know, and just yeah. tell us, I think, and then fill in, you know, volume two is you, you can make them any years, right? I, I think you yeah, got, absolutely. I think you just got to start. No, there's a, there's, there's <laughs> some, there's some remarkable stories to tell. Yeah. And um, yeah, I, I just got to do it. And, you know, I probably going to do it in audio form. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, my father who suggested, shit. Jeff, when you, he asked me the very same question you just did <laughs> a few days ago, Jeff, when are you going to write your book? Yeah. There's so many stories. Yeah. And he said, why don't you just start recording? Yeah. And take it from there. Yeah. And so maybe I will. And now you've kind of, I think you just got, I think, and I think you've got the starting point. Like I say, just pick, pick, pick a, pick up an, uh, an area. Pick a time yeah. and just say, yeah. okay. You know, for me, for me, it actually goes back to the early 1990s in Great Ormond Street Hospital. Right. And again, hospital radio. Yeah. Maybe that's, that, where it, maybe that's the start. Maybe that's the start. That's where it started. Yeah. That's, that is where it started. And there was a huge story in the media at the time, which motivated me to actually get up and do something. And yeah. was the beginning of my journey of radio for real. Yeah. And it was at that point when I decided I was going to set up a radio station for children. It would just take me 22 years to do it. Yeah. So yeah, that that's the starting point. I, I think that's that, that's the key lesson that so many people get, get stuck on. And it's almost like a Gary V story. It's the, it's the Jeff Bartholomew story, but everyone wants to do something. And that's the big problem with people these days and, and any days. And I don't think it's just these days. It's ever, we want to do something. We want it now. It's like, okay, I want to, I want to be an astronaut and I want to do it now. It's like, well, it's not going to happen now, but give yourself 20 years. Maybe I want to set up a radio station. Well, you're not going to do it in the nineties, but 22 years yeah. later, yeah, it's going to yeah. happen. And that's your overnight success. Yeah. And that's how a lot of those overnight successes are. You know, yeah. there's, there's actually years of 
hard slog before you get to really where you wanted to be. Yeah. And the niche just sort of falls into place. And and I think this is, I always go back to Jimmy Whale from Wikipedia and, and, and he has such a great quote where, and it's, again, it fits in beautifully what you're doing and, and that hard slog and that overnight success in 22 years. And, and someone was looking at him saying, are you concerned about the folks who are trying to copy you? And he kind of looked at them and goes, and, and he sort of said, no, because I, I'm not looking at what they're doing. I'm only looking at what I'm doing and I don't right. care what they're doing because I'm doing my thing and only yeah. I know my thing and I'm doing my thing really well and it will be what it will be. It's not a race to compete with other people. It's a race to do your best and to do that stuff totally. that you love and yeah. is keep, nah, keep your, and, and that brings me, you know, there's a wonderful, wonderful talk on Ted and I wish I could remember the guy's name at this moment, but you, you look it up and, and he's a, a lawyer who's dealing with civil rights stuff and, and it's, it's probably 2011. You can't miss the guy. And, and the, the key word at the end of his talk is keep your eye on the prize. And, it, right. and keep your eye on the prize. And as yeah. long as you keep focused, 22 years is a pretty darn great run to realize a dream that, totally. that, that will yeah. continue. And, you know, so just at the time <laughs> when that dream was realized, it was the, the, the rug was swept from under my feet. Yeah. But that was all done for a reason, I would imagine. There's a, you know, a bigger picture and some of the conversations that I was having with organizations around the world about the kids radio idea and the concept and what, what it was all about, there was a, there's still a real need for it. Yeah. And there were some very hungry countries <laughs> wanting to get involved and, and look to partner. So I had to, we, we obviously had to get the thing launched and get it up and running and then I was just about getting to that pace where I thought, okay, we could now start to have that conversation. And of course, life changed. Yeah. Somebody had a different idea. <laughs> um, fast forward to 2020 and the fact that I've had to you know, be away from my family for a while uh, with this global thing going on. It's also a great opportunity to start a conversation again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So... And having that template, having the the great working example, um, and having put twenty two years of my life into preparing that, yeah, knowing knowing it like inside out, um, I'm kind of ready now for taking it on again, yeah, and introducing it to other parts of the world, yeah. and let's see what happens, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I look, I look forward to the next chapter. That's what, uh, you know, I'm literally sitting here and, and I'm saying two things to myself and say, man, we got it. We got to talk more often <laughs> but because <laughs> yeah. it just seems like we, you know, it just seems like yesterday. And I think that's always one of those great things. Every time I sit down and talk with you, you know, inevitably there's been months or, you know, time in between yeah. and we just kind of yeah. pick up where we left off. And it's, it's, you know, there's, it's, it's just always, it's kind of magical, really. It's motivating. Yeah. I leave, I leave on, I leave buzzing going, man, Jeff has inspired <laughs> me to do this and I don't want to do Jeff's thing, but I got my own thing I want to do. And I think I got an idea and I'm going to try it. And you away know, we go. You just, you just, yeah, go with it. <laughs> and, um, you, the thing is, if you've got the passion for it, you've got, yeah. You've got the, you don't necessarily need to have the know-how mm. because that will come. Yeah. And um, having the passion for something is, is where it really begins. 
You, you know, one of the, the challenges, and, and I'm, I'd love to pick your brain for just a second. And I know I've, I've been keeping you on here. We're, 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 we're going and we could probably talk for another couple hours, but I know you've got life. <laughs> <couple> of weeks. <laughs> you know, one of the challenges I always find, Jeff, is there's all of these negative people around. And what I've just started doing is I just don't, and, and actually the COVID-19 scenario has really worked well because you can truly ignore them. <laughs> And every now and then I have to interact with some of these people and I dread it because they're such a negative environment that I don't want them to get, you know, I don't want them to rain on my parade at all. I think, well, certainly coming to the UK um, I, at this particular time in our history, I've seen negative like off the charts mm. and I've seen fear and anxiety kind of been fed by the media, really, by the press. And the population is just, oh. Um, so it's kind of everywhere. Yeah. It, it, and it can be almost difficult to find positive. But then when you do, it, I mean, if you, if you project a sort of positivity as well, that kind of attracts. Yeah more positivity around you and the people that you're interacting with. And then they go, Oh yeah. Okay. And, um, I, I know what you mean. Um, and I've tried really, I think that's one thing that I've had to really focus on to try stay positive. Yeah. Um, I mean, because <laughs> if I didn't, I certainly wouldn't be here talking to you today. Exactly. I mean, you're, you're the recipe for positivity. I mean, it's just, if there's anyone who could have easily slipped the other way and said, you know, that's never going to happen. We're doomed. And it, but you didn't. And, and look. I've got a lot to be thankful for and a lot of people who've invested in me. Yeah. And I think that was my biggest takeaway in 2016 with my sister that you mentioned, Emma. People literally invested in me to save my life. And when you think of it that way, it kind of changes things, you know? Yeah. And it's almost like, okay, well, i got to keep going and let these people know that they, they made the right decisions. You know what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds crazy. Yeah, yeah. No, no, but, it's, but it's, it's true. No, it's, it's so true because, you, you know, you, you, you want to you wanna, you wanna make them proud that they, they did the right thing and they did it for the yeah. right reasons. And you know what? Totally. And, and here you are and I'm doing yeah. it. And yeah, I'm making... I'm, and the more, the, the, what I find today is the more that I can encourage people, the better. Yeah. It's one thing that I really, um, I, I, I enjoy. I like to see people doing well. I like to see um, somebody maybe feeling a little sort of down on their luck. Well, Hey, if you just highlight one or two things, your whole perspective can change. Yeah. And um, yeah, it, 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 who knows? It might even be something that I'll spend a little bit more time focusing on, you know, yeah. in the next chapter. Who knows? Who yeah. knows? <laughs> Well, I, and now I've got to tune into your community radio station that you're doing some work on too. I got to, I got to get that. I got to get the URL yeah. to that. Well, again, uh, um, I've had some, so literally uh, a couple of hours after the first episode, I got a call asking if I could attend the town council meeting. <laughs> and I've been here for a long time. Since that day, I've been receiving updates from the town council. And then I did attend the town council meeting on Zoom. Yeah. I was there as an observer. But then the chairman offered me the floor. 
Okay. And I was so impressed by these agencies <laughs> that are supporting people, you know, whether it's homeless people, yeah. whether it's food packages, medicine deliveries, whatever. I said, hey, the radio's here. We want to help you use it. And they love that. Yeah. Um, the other thing is I didn't want to be on that all the time. I, yeah, yeah. I wanted to give other people the opportunity. And so I'm kind of taking a bit of a step back, but encouraging, you know, whether it's the guy who's working on the music, because that's coming. They're going to be streaming 24-7. Oh, man. Um, presenters, how to. Yeah. This is all a group of people who want to do something for the community they have no experience of doing what you and I have done for many years. And so, yeah, I kind of take a step back, give them a little boost. And um, that's my kind of contribution. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and then, of course, there's people saying, well, but you must record another one so we can hear you. So, okay, all right, I will. Twist my arm again. <laughs> Oh man, Jeff, this is, this has been absolutely fantastic. And I really want to thank you for taking the time. Uh, you know, it's, it's still early. It's, it's, you know what, it's just after it's what, uh, just after 10 now in, in, yeah. the, in the UK or 11, I, I know yeah. are we two hours yeah. behind or three hours it's behind 10. Yeah. Just after 10. Yeah. So, you, you know, you've gotten up bright and early to get involved on this. I, I truly yeah. appreciate that. And, you know, thank you. I, I, I will say a little, uh, a little secret. So we were supposed to do this last week. Yeah. But um, I got a call from the hospital to say, can I do these tests? And um, so I had to say, really sorry, James. Yeah. Um, and those tests and the treatment that I had kind of knocked me for six. So I was kind of out for a couple of days. Wow. Um, but day three, I bounced back and I've been looking forward to this. And I'm really grateful that, you know, we've had the time to sit together and have a chat. It's been long overdue. And um, I want to say thank you, man. Yeah, thank well, you. you know what? And likewise, like I said, thank you. And 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 when you did say, hey, look, we can't get together. I said, hey, don't, don't worry, man. <laughs> it's just like, don't worry. It'll happen. It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> and and I, 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 it. and you know, the beauty of podcasting, and I guess this is, this has always been our thing. And I, I, I just, I just love podcasting, right? And someone says, why do you love doing it so much? And I said, it's a, it's a great conversation, but it lives. And I said, that's one of the things that I always, and, and Hey, don't get me wrong. If, if, if one of the stations was to knock on my door and said, Hey James, would you like to come back and maybe do once a week or a couple times a week at, you know, some ridiculous hour? Would you be interested? Of course I'd be interested. I mean, who doesn't want to do that? Right. <laughs> but, but what, what I really love about the world of podcasting is, you know, we've recorded this, it's, it's going to go up on, on the internet and it's going to be there for ever. So, you know, be your friend for whenever you want it. Yeah, exactly. And it's I, there I and yeah, it's, it's amazing. I, podcasting is, it's a huge thing now. Yeah, I, I, and, um, good on you for good on you for following your dream with it. Really. Um, I've been, we've, I've been following you for, <laughs> you know, for years. <laughs> oh, I'm really man. proud of you. Hey, you thank you, you're Jeff. doing great, man. Jeff, Jeff really. that means a whole bunch to me. Thank you. Really, really, really from the bottom of my heart. I, I owe you a lot. And to hear you say that it's like, wow, that's uh yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a badge of honor. I got another badge of honor on now. It's like, <laughs> the teacher, the teacher yeah. has given me a sticker telling me I've done good work. <laughs> oh, man. Well done, you. Jeff, don't move. But you know what? I got to say, you have been listening to Catching Up with myself, James Pike. Well, I've been talking to Jeff Price, a.k.a. Jeff Bartholomew. 
And we've been catching up. Jeff has been here in the UAE for more years than you can count on two hands. Really a staple in the in the industry of broadcasting, television, media. If you want to get in touch with us, Podaholics with a K at gmail.com and across the socials, Podaholics with a K. Of course, www.podaholics.com. This has been Catching Up.